All right, well, I'm glad to be here again, uh, continuing on in, in our series uh, this morning. We started it last Sunday, basically just asking the question, why, um, and trying to get to the heart um, of the issue of why we do what we do, um, not only just um, as Christians, but even specifically as a church and a, a part of the Grace Brethren, or the Fellowship of Grace Brethren um, denomination. Why do we do um, the things that we do? And last week we talked about why do we use the Bible? Why do we study the Bible? And that was good. I, I enjoyed studying that. I enjoyed teaching that. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed and learned as you, you sat and listened as well. Um, so this week we're going to get into um, why we practice communion. Why we practice communion. And this is something that um, is, is more on, along the sides of uh, the ritual side of things. But there are reasons and there are purposes for us, um, um, us practicing this and us communing together as a body. And that's what we're going to explore this morning. Why we, why we get together and why we do this thing we call communion. Why we practice the Lord's Supper. Um, but before that, uh, before we decide we're going to talk about communion and before we we get into God's word I I think it's extremely important for us to just kind of pray um together so before I pray I was just going to to kind of open it up because we I know we did this um the first couple weeks I was here uh in my CE classroom we we kind of shared some prayer requests and I I think that's a that's a good thing to do and I think we have a good opportunity to do it here since we're all kind of together um so if anybody has anything that we can can kind of take to take to heart as as we go um, and pray? Feel free. I don't know if I I do have a mic here. If anyone ever has anything to share, which I hope you guys do have a lot to share, um, that we can use as well. So, Mike's grandmother passed away suddenly on. Friday, and his grandfather's in the hospital with melanoma, and we don't think he's going to come home. Two separate sets. That was my uh, plan to uh, ask for wisdom, to know how to respond to what's happening in our culture, in our country, in our world, with all of the challenges to us. Jesus said, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. So we need to pray for strength and wisdom. All right, well, I'm sure there's plenty more um, things to pray about, things to be said. So here's what, here's what we're going to do. Much like last week, um, I want us to try and, and split up into some smaller groups, interact with um, the text, interact with with the word and kind of discuss together and talk about things together before we start breaking it down. And, and that way you guys kind of have a clue as far as like what I'm talking about or what I'm trying to say, and you guys have thoughts as well. So before that, as you guys kind of split up, why don't we pray in groups together um, just for a little bit and then jump right into um, getting into the word and then kind of talking about that, talking about communion more specifically. All right. Does that make sense? Okay, you're good. All right, go ahead and try and split up or and, and go at that. All right, let's go ahead and kind of turn back as a as a 
whole group. Um, I hope you guys had some good discussion there. Um, so right now I have this mic um, for anybody, just any observations that you guys made, anything that was productive as you guys talked as a group. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys were, were talking about in your, in your groups. Um, I guess in our group, one of the main things we talked about was a time for reflection. Uh, reflection on, it's a reminder of what Jesus did for us, um, and then also a time to, to think about whether or not we have, our lives have conformed to, to that, the pattern that he has set for us. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? What you guys talk about? All the way in the back. <laughs> yes. No problem. Um, we talked a little bit about how, uh, I mean, I guess I think personally it's one of the few times we take, especially at church, to just sit down and and do self-examination. That talks about that in, uh, what verse is that? Uh, verse 28, how you ought to examine yourself before you eat of it. And it's, a time to just sit there and think about the sacrifice and how it actually affects you and what your mindset actually is before you before you do it. And sometimes we don't do that enough in our crazy lives. So that's what I appreciate about communion and one of the things. That's good. Thank you. Any other discussion? Things that you guys hit on? In our group, Pastor Larry said that you look at the communion, you have union. And when believers get together for communion, there should be union, not everybody grabbing for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Run me in the back again. Well, one thing I thought of that was a little different, and I'd never thought of that from this passage before, but um, from living, doing mission work and being in really poor countries a few times, like some countries like Africa or something, if you provided communion in a really poor country, people may come just for the bread and the cup, for the nourishment, and it talks about that, but we're supposed to eat at home before we come so it doesn't become like a feeding type thing. And it might not be a problem in our culture, but I think in some countries it could be a problem that people come just to eat the communion and not to be nourished by it. Right. Hmm. That's good. All right, awesome. Well, that's that's a lot of great stuff there. Um, And again, you guys... Stole a lot of my points, but I'm still going to go through it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> See if this will go on. Oh, good, it works now. Okay, so you guys got to go through the, the text, and, and like I said, you guys have basically, every time you guys have, have, every point you guys have made, I feel like that has something to do with what I was planning on saying, so that, that excites me that you guys were, were seeing that. So the first, as far as we look at what is the purpose of communion, um, where I'm just going to talk about communion in general, and then kind of in the second half, we'll get a little bit more specific as to why the fellowship, why we do kind of what we do. Um, so this will be kind of a brief overview as far as why we we practice communion, what you guys have been talking about. And the first 
reason is simply to follow, um, that I found to follow. Uh, Paul says to, to begin with in verse 20, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Paul was kind of looking at, looking back at what Jesus had done. So he wanted to follow Jesus' Jesus's example in every way and in the way that he um, gave thanks. And then Jesus actually did say, do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus commanded the, the disciples, he commanded um, then to us, do this in remembrance of me. So the first reason is, the first reason we do it is just simply to follow, to follow what Jesus did, to follow what he said, follow what he told us to do. So that that kind of purpose seems rather simple. Um, you also see uh, in John 13, uh, 14, uh, Jesus said, If I then, your teacher and Lord, um, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So there's another example of, of all right, this is something that Jesus does, but he tells us to do it as well. So the first thing that we do with communion is just we're simply following our Lord. We're simply following the guy um, who set this whole thing in motion, um, our, our Savior. We're following him. That's, that's the first thing we get with communion. Um, and then the second one, which it was touched on a number of times, is to remember, um, is to remember. First, uh, this one comes out of specifically verses 24 and 25 of, of chapter 11. Um, if I can find that, I'll just read it out loud real quick. Um, and when he said, let's see, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we're to remember. Um, we're to remember. And and I have a, have a mic, and I, I just want to throw out to you guys, ask the question, because I want this to be as interactive as possible. What what do you think, or what are we supposed to remember when it comes to communion? There's a number of things that we get to remember when it comes to communion. What are some things that we should be reflecting on and remembering with communion? My body has suffered in... Uh, physical pain, and my life has left when my blood has stopped flowing. Those two things he did for us. Mm -hmm. He did for me. And we need to remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Yes, amen to that. You need to remember that. What else do we need to remember alongside of that, too? We look at Christ's humility as, his, as he washed the disciples' feet. Not only was that um, a sign of, of cleansing and the, the sanctification process, but we also get to reflect on, on his humility and the way he served. Um, you know, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So we get to remember that. That's one thing we get to remember. 
Um, one other thing I think we get to remember, which is kind of tied in, each one of these is tied in with our threefold communion, which we'll, we'll get into. Um, but we get to remember his promises, um, not only the promises of the past, but the promises of what's to come as you get to you know, the Lord's Supper and as we share in the love feast. We get to look ahead to um, the marriage supper of the Lamb, what, what Christ has promised is to come. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll move on really quick because um, I think I've uh, done poor with my time management. Um, but the next thing in, in verse, uh, verse 28, um, let us examine ourselves. Let a person examine himself then um, and so eat of the bread. So we get to examine ourselves. Um, when we take communion, we examine our hearts. Um, we get to, to examine not only our, our motives and, and, and whether we are in the faith, faith, but we also get to examine our hearts and confess sin. It gives us a, a, a chance to, to confess, repent, um, and believe in Jesus and be cleansed by him because he's promised he'll do that. And then even if you, and if you turn to uh, ver, or chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, um, it says, we who, are, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. So all this partaking, like um, this group up here mentioned, it's union. We're fellowshipping together, becoming one body. One body. So this, this idea of communion draws us together, it unifies us. Um, and I have here written down, here in my notes, there is one bread... There's one body, there's one Jesus, there's one salvation, there's one church. We're all together. And this um, act of communion brings us together. It draws us together and it unifies us um, as, as a body, as we, we do this together, as we remember, as we follow. Um, so those are, those are the four main purposes that I kind of came up with in, in general as far as why we, why we take communion, why we do that. We want to follow, we want to remember, we want to examine ourselves, and we want to, to fellowship. And now we're going to kind of step in and break down kind of why we do it the way we do. I don't, some of you may have taken part in, in a communion with the fellowship. Um, maybe you haven't, because we do it once a quarter, once a quarter. Um, and it com- it's called threefold. Threefold meaning there's three parts to it. There's the washing of the feet, there's the Lord's Supper or the love feast, um, and then there's the bread and the cup. And each one of these all have reasons and purposes. We don't just kind of do these just because we think, you know, they're they're cool things to do. I mean, they are pretty cool. I like, I mean, I enjoy doing them. Some people get grossed out by the whole washing of the feet thing. Um, but I think I think it's pretty neat to do. But there are reasons and there are uh, purposes behind those, all right? There are reasons and there are purposes behind those. So that's what we're, we're going to kind of not kind of focus in on right now. So threefold, um, the first um, one that I have a, is, let's just talk about the Lord's Supper to start with, or the love feast, as it says up there. Um, and this, Paul talks a little more, more specifically about this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty through 22, and then 33, um, through 34. So in verse verses 20 um, through 22, let me find it. It says, When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, 
Each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat in and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I I will not. And then kind of skipping to 33. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give you directions when I come. So Paul Paul kind of goes in on, on the Corinthian church, and if you've ever read the first letter of Corinthians, he does that often. He kind of goes in on them um, and, and, and rebukes them a little bit. And he kind of calls them out for, for the motives and kind of like what we mentioned earlier about coming for the food, just coming for the meal, coming to be satisfied physically with, um, with our hunger, satisfy our hunger. And um, while he rebukes them, he doesn't tell them not to do that. As he goes into to verse 33, he says, when you come together to eat, he says, do it. He says, come together to eat. Um, but when we do this, when we take part of the Lord's Supper, it's not something that we're supposed to just satisfy ourselves in it, and it's all about ourselves. The act of communion is more about reflection. But this love feast, this, um, this Lord's Supper, allows, allows us to fellowship together. It unifies us. It brings us together. And then, too, I love uh, the idea that it points forward as well. We talked about remembering, remembering um, the Christ's promises. And uh, one of the things that the love feast and the Lord's Supper does is point us to the promise. And if you flip with me, um, kind of keep your finger there in your Bible um, and in 1 Corinthians, but flip to Revelation uh, 19 with me. And then I'm going to read verses 6, 6 through 9, 6 through 9. It says, then I, then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of many pearl, peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah for the Lord God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult. And give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are are the true words of God. So we get a look back. At this, as we celebrate this love feast together, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, um, celebrating what God has done, what Christ has done, we get to to reflect and and know that what's to come is a giant one of those. To know that when when we when Christ does come, when uh, the the bridegroom comes and the bride is there, and we are wedded the church to Christ. This is what we get to do. We get to celebrate together as a body um, and enjoy this time with Christ. So we need to, to take advantage of that time with the Lord's Supper and understand what is to come, what is to come. So that's the, Lord, that's the Lord's Supper and the Love Feast. That's, 
That's why we do that. We, we do that to unify ourselves, to bring us together, and to, to remember what is to come, to look forward to what is to come. Um, what, the washing of the feet, um, the washing of the feet, is this is mainly found in John 13, where we look at that. Um, and there's a number of reasons why we do this. There's a number of reasons why we do this. And I'm going to flip to John 13. You guys can if you want. You can if you want. Um, slide. That's a little marker for me. All right, John 13. Um, this is where Jesus, it's the night, night of his betrayal. It's the night of his betrayal. And, and he gets down as he's got his disciples in front of him. Um, and he washes their feet, washes their feet. And then uh, Peter, Peter, you know, has, has a, a Peter moment of, of passion and is like, no, don't wash my feet. You're not going to wash mine. Jesus says, well, I have to. And then he's like, well, don't wash my feet. Wash all of me. Um, and Jesus then explains um, what he's doing now. He's not going to under, understand. And, and basically, Jesus kind of goes to, to explain um, us as the body Yes, we've been given the bath as Jesus' Jesus's righteousness has cleansed us fully, but there is always sin in our hearts. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but even after I became a Christian, I, I sinned quite a bit. I still struggle with sin. And so Jesus is saying, look, this idea of, of your feet, they're still going to be dirty. You're still going to be sinful, but you need to, to come to me, repent be cleansed, and then follow me. Repent and believe. There's a pattern of repentance and belief. So this is what Jesus is, is, is focusing in on when it comes to the disciples, on examine yourselves, repent, believe. Um, he also gives us an example to follow, an example to follow. Um, I mentioned it earlier in, uh, verses four, in verse 14 of John 13. It says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So we're not just simply just to think, oh, Jesus washed my feet, I'm good, I don't want to worry about anybody else. We're to, to wash other people's feet. We're supposed to go serve and, and humbly serve, uh, follow his humility, uh, follow his humility. Um, but mainly, we look at this, not only we, we remember his humility and follow that, but we repent and believe. We examine ourselves, we repent and believe. Um, and, and a lot of people get weirded out by washing other people's feet, which I guess people are, I mean, feet are kind of weird, I guess. But um, this idea of repentance and belief and this, this idea of remembering um, how to humbly serve, to get on our knees and humbly serve, um, is essential for us as believers to to continue to grow, to continue to walk um, uh, in faith, in faith. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of the washing of the feet. That's why we do that, to remember that he, oh, don't want to do that, to remember Christ's servant's service um, and to, to remember that we ourselves need to be constantly cleansed. Um, and then kind of to, to wrap it up, we do the bread and the cup. Um, the bread and the cup, and uh, this is rather typical one. Um, this is one that most denominations kind of take part in. Um, we do the other two, which which makes us unique. Um, but with the bread and the cup, 
uh, Paul kind of specifically jumps in in, in verses 23 through 26. Um, and he says, For I received, and I've read this before, but I'll, I'll read it again. Um, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he, gave, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So another, a number of things, again, it's, it's interesting because each of these different parts of communion do correlate very well with the purposes that we discussed earlier. But the bread and the cup, first thing you do with that is to remember Christ's Death. Do this in remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body, which was broken. This was my blood, which was spent for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we remember Christ's death. We remember his life because you know what? Without his perfect life, we don't get you know his death. And then we we remember his resurrection. We remember each one of those. We reflect on that. Um, we remember it. And we remember how that affects our hearts. We don't just remember that he did it. We remember that he did it for us and then what that in turn does to us in our hearts. And then what gets skipped over a lot, especially with communion, is when we do this, um, and Paul says it at the end of verse 26, when we do this, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. We're proclaiming the gospel because the gospel is wrapped up in Christ. So as we do communion, we have to keep the gospel, we have to keep Jesus centered and proclaim this. This is a way for us to share, this is a way for us to exalt what he has done as we remember this idea of communion, we remember what he did. We remember that he came and lived a life um, perfectly and then died a sinner's death, but then was resurrected three days. We remember that, proclaim that, and then we be changed by it. So that's communion. That's why we take part in communion. That's why we do communion the way we do. Um, and and the more I looked at this, I mean, I growing up in a great in a Grace Brethren church, this is kind of how I was always used to doing it. But when I got to find out the reasons why, these reasons, everything in communion started meaning a lot more to me. So I hope. This does the same to you in understanding why we take part in the love feast, why we wash each other's feet, and then why we do the bread and the cup. To remember, to follow, to examine ourselves, and um, what was my last one? And to fellowship, to unify, to be together. All right, I have, I think the bell, that means five minutes, so... Um, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then you guys can hang out until we start the service. Heavenly Father, um, God, thank you for today. Um, Lord, thank you just for your word, um, its truth. Um, and Lord, thank you for your son, uh, for him coming and living a perfect life, for him serving us. And Lord, let us follow him. Let us follow his footsteps. Lord, let us remember him um, and be changed by him. 
God, again, you're good. We love you, um, praise you, and it's in your son's precious name I pray. Amen.